the disagreement is turning pretty dark. We have a divided nation. We have a very divided nation. We seem to be living in a time of utter tribalism. If it's true to you, then it's true. No, it's not. In order to be able to think, you have to risk being offensive. I mean, look at the conversation we're having right now. Nothing is as important as the truth of God revealed in Scripture. Welcome to Disagree With Me, a podcast dedicated to considerate conversations on taboo topics. My name is Angel Rodriguez, and I am your host. I'm usually joined by Caleb Powers, but he is not able to join us today. Uh, he's a little busy, but I do have a, a very, very special guest. Mr. Nico's here to join us to uh, have a considerate conversation at Taboo Topic. How you doing, Nico? Good. How about you, Angel? I'm good, man. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, bro. Thanks for coming on. Um, you and I... See, I usually don't post on Facebook. Like, I usually don't respond to things on people post on Facebook. But this past week, I did respond to something that you shared or, you know, posted. I just seen it. I've seen a lot of people, like, post that. And I just... I posted or I, I responded... What it commented? Is that what you call it? Commented on your, yeah, on your post, sure. and we had a conversation, and and the post had to do with uh, white privilege, and yes, and systemic racism. So that's what we're gonna talk about today. So it's it's a bit of a taboo topic, right? But that's what we're about here. So yeah, if you don't mind, I have the post right here. It's like very very few lines. I can just read it. Yeah, no, go ahead, read so it. So like uh, we we can put people on the context. Yeah. So the post is pretty much a white uh, screen with the with text, and it says, "Stop being in- ignorant about white privilege. It does not mean you're racist. It does not mean your life has been easy. It does not mean you don't face struggles too. It means your life isn't made harder by the skin by your skin color. That's it. Have some empathy." That's the post. Yeah, so that was the post. And uh, like I said, I usually don't post on Facebook or respond, but I did that time. And I'm happy that the, I mean, that we didn't just like have this conversation on Facebook. Like now we're actually having it, not face to face, but um, we're having the closest we can. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. For sure. So I just want to ask you, Nico, what, what is, you know, what is white privilege? So... I would like to say, I guess, kind of, in a sense, two definitions. I think that the very kind of brush of that people use to say like, oh, you're just privileged, you don't see it, stuff like that is like saying because you're white, and, and that's where the, the mistake can come a lot of times. Because you're white, your life is a little less hard. But I think that you always have to, especially now with everything that's happening with like social injustice, you have to elaborate on, on the reality of, of what white privilege is because it, it doesn't mean that because your white life is easier. As, as uh, we know, like like a lot of college students face a lot of, of, of struggles. If we were to have talks about like school debts or how rents get jacked up in cities from like different um, colleges and stuff. So everybody faces different like struggles, you know? Not everybody comes from a family that can support your education and stuff like that. But as the post say, like white privilege, how I understand it, I, I would like to say, is the, I guess the advantage that you are given by circumstances that you did not choose when you were born. 
and these circumstances are your, your skin color, your descendants, because, you know, there is a lot of uh, Latin Americans that can, I hate this like sentence, but I like, can pass as white people. I've been told a few times that I can pass when I don't, you know, talk because I have a very thick accent and I'm from Colombia, you know? So, so are those different things that can set you uh, ahead uh, when they really shouldn't, when, they, when it should be like a more plain field. So I, I share like in, in Facebook, I, I have my computer here with some tabs and, and mostly, so I shared today a video that like it's pretty much if you heard the walk of privilege where like everybody starts in a line, the mm -hmm. same line. And uh, yeah, so, so that's, that's pretty much it. So you are starting the race ahead, okay. but not because of how hard you've worked of, you know, is not like those situations is because how this is like, again, the racism, the history of, of this nation mostly has been like creating those barriers. You know, if you go to other countries, yes, people experience racism like everywhere else too, but we see it very more prominently in the place that we're at and, and coming into a lot of other issues like redlining and stuff like that. But that's how I see the, the privilege, the white privilege is you have advantage that not that you didn't deserve, but that you didn't work for it. And I could have a disadvantage for being a POC, like a person of color, because of a circumstance I did not choose mm -hmm. either, you know? So that's kind of how I, I see it. Okay. So do you think that there are other types of privilege other than white privilege? Yes. I mean, economic privilege is a, is a very main one, you know, and that ties to like, you know, family last names and you know what people say in college in, in, in music and business, they tend to talk a lot about who, you know, and you know, your talent as a businessman or as an artist can get you only so far if you don't know the right people. Mm -hmm. And I think those can be privileges too, because, you know, I, um, I don't have the same ability to pay the uh, like a private education mm -hmm. somewhere where like maybe a, a friend of mine, the, the family has the ability to pay for their education, you know, yeah. because of, of their parents and not. But, but I think that plays on a, on a different role because I mean, there is leverage to everything or they're supposed to be. So, whereas you can find scholarships and, and there's a lot of people that go through, uh, school as first generation thanks to a lot of those things but but th there is the difference of a lot of those people you could talk to are were, like my freshman year in Eau Claire I worked a lot like more than just like part-time and I was also doing school and I didn't get A's but I got always pretty decent grades mm -hmm. but I was always having like to work more to be able to you know pay for food pay for more schooling and stuff like that Whereas I've had some friends, like one of my best friends from Minnesota, he uh, he was our neighbor, and uh, he knew that he had that ability, that his family had the ability to pay, so uh, he wouldn't necessarily have to go find a job to be able to sustain his education. You know? Yeah, but but do you see that as a problem, or do you see that as a is that a, is that a is that necessarily a problem that somebody has or is born into a family that has more than somebody else? I don't think it's a problem if you know how to use it and if you know how to value it. Okay. 
But when people don't know how to value it and they get everything handed to them, uh, you know, I think that where that is, is where the issue becomes bigger. Yeah. Because, yeah, like the, I know that there are some people that have had issues with like being under like I don't know law major and then um, not getting the acceptance to law school or like pre-law major, I mean, but like get, not getting their acceptance into law school because the last part was taken by a first generation college student that's going for their master's or for their, you know, like law degree. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of those cases is not that they weren't capable. They are, those candidates could be very similar, but some schools, we all know that like need to maintain a certain percentage of like diversity in their schools. Yeah. And it, it tends to be a bigger issue in, in, in places like the Midwest and Wisconsin where we are located. Yeah. So, so I, I, I like that you brought that up, that there are certain colleges that, that have different quotas, right? For diversity, sense, yeah. for diversity's sake. Right. And I actually, so where I'm coming from, I think that those different quotas, like for instance, a university has a certain percentage of, of students that have to be minority students. And so even if, like you just mentioned, somebody is qualified to get into the law school, but then a minority student or somebody that's a first-generation student applies, they'll get accepted over this person, not because, not necessarily because they're a better candidate, but because they met other certain criteria that have nothing to do with their ability as a student, but rather maybe it is their, their ethnicity or if they're a first-generation college student. And I would see that as, as, a, as an instance of not white privilege. It would be an instance of, of minority privilege. Because Think you, about it. Oh, sorry. You can finish it though. Yeah. No, no and I, I'm saying that from personal experience. Because like, I'm also Hispanic. I'm an immigrant to this country too. I'm from the Dominican Republic. And I know I got grants when I went to college, specifically because I'm Hispanic that white students didn't get that they were never going to be eligible for because they weren't Hispanic. And I see that as a, as differentiating based upon ethnicity. And it had nothing to do with my, with who I was as a, as a person, other than the fact that I'm, when I checked the box under ethnicity, I said Hispanic or, you know, race or whatever. Yeah. So what I was going to say is in those instances, I was, I would say like you have to think about it as leverage because I guarantee you that. So as a first generation minority, that has a lot of weight because again, the word first generation means that your parents don't have a college degree, which most likely also means that they are like in very different type of jobs from people that are not first generation mm -hmm. where they get like a less like salary, you know? Um, so that already applies to the economic advantage, you know? Mm -hmm. And f first generation, I mean, not necessarily is minorities, but it tends to be a lot of the times because it's like, you know, a lot of the minorities that have come here from Latin America, for example, they come with no degree, a lot of them without high school education, um, to work in farms, to work in construction, really hard like work, to be able to give their kids that like economic, like minimal leverage of, a house, food and stuff so that they can go to educate themselves to, to be able to kind of break the cycle, you know, 
because there, there are cycles in, in, I personally think, in, in the society itself of every, everything. So, like, if you look at the uh, Black community, which is one of the bigger issues we have in the country right now, mm-hmm. is, like, there is this, quote-unquote, um, there is this, like, quote-unquote, sorry, I kind of lost my train of thought. It's a, it's a, so I was saying, for, for the Black community, yeah. there's this, like, kind of cycle mm-hmm. where like people tend to see you know black people as criminals and there was a post i remember that was talking about you know the racial injustice and somebody came out to say you know that's just proven um stereotypes but if, if we talk about stereotypes we have to talk about history and if we talk about history stereotypes and profiling and a lot of these things were done so that the people that came were able to keep control once they had already like taken the control of, of here, you know? So it's like a lot of, for example, just like, don't want to get too big in that topic, but the legalization of, or like making marijuana illegal mm-hmm. was one of the major reasons was to be able to profile against uh immigrants from Latin America, mostly Mexicans, because they were using this in their mostly farm uh, jobs, you know? And it has become to like, it has become a bigger issue right now because that's also, if you look at many of the cases, if you want me to, I can try to find some, um, what's it called, data for that, but I've like overread some articles where it talks about the like majority of people that are in jail that are black, which also tends to be a like, a, a good chunk of, of the people in jail because it's kind of like the, the profiling going back in history. If you look at people that are serving 20, 30 year sentences mm-hmm. is from history, you know? Um, and a lot of those charges tend to come from, from drug use and then uh, falsified money and stuff like that. Yeah. I agree that that can be a crime, but also again, a lot of profiling in between these things can- that tends to then get stuck uh a person like a black person in a in a cycle mm-hmm. where it's like well my grandpa my uncle my dad they've whole they've all have issues you know with with the law you know none of them finished high school or maybe one of them finished high school and then didn't go to college and stuff and so you just keep going down that circle because your family has no money you know mm-hmm. and, and what's gonna save you to break out of that circle in this country it can be a good job with good opportunities but it doesn't tend to happen without a college degree for minorities mostly. It's, it's just their reality on that. So once you're able to get into a school, you know, we see a lot of these people take their ability to be able to be good at sports and pay their education through this, you know? And, and so it's kind of like being able to try to break those 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 cycles. So going back to like, I, like I guess, I kind of deviated from the answer, but it's like, I think of these things as like leverage mm-hmm. between what has happened to your history, to your family, your history, yeah. compared to my family and my history as a minority. Like, I'm not talking directly. I'm saying as if I were uh, being more affected by it. Mm-hmm. Although I am because, again, my parents, when we came, like, they had no ability to have a, like, a well-paid job. Yeah. So, so again, for me to not be able to get stuck on that, I either had to look for the good opportunities for, in jobs where I can ascend mm-hmm. and get out of that cycle or get, go through an education. Yeah. You know what, Nico? I think it's really interesting that you and I are both immigrants, right? Like, we, we came here from a different country. And 
like yeah when my parents came here they don't speak english right like my my parents my mom worked really hard too and, and not to say that like analogies not our my personal story doesn't speak for everybody right but my my mom worked very hard my parents have worked really hard they own a grocery store a small little grocery store and they worked very very hard to keep that going and because of it you know i'm able i was able to go to college i dropped out but i was able to go for a little bit right yes and and i have a lot of things that i didn't have if i would have grown up in the dominican republic um but i, I think it's interesting so I, I just think I, I say that because I think it's interesting that we have like similar, like in, in the sense we're similar in the sense that we came here, we're immigrants, but I think we have different ways of thinking about these things, which I, actually fascinates me. Um, but I, I just, I guess these, so there's, there's no way to get around it. Like, obviously there are disparities. Like we can see that, yes, the, the black population in this country is, has been like, like you said, you mentioned right there. There's there's a high percentage of the black population that that is in prison or in jail than other minorities, right? Like than other sorry, ethnic groups, right? Yes. But I I the problem that I have with that is simply pointing to it as racism. Like I I I see the disparities. I just don't know. I just don't. I don't think that they all that every single that that every single uh time that there's disparity that it has to do with race i agree but so here's the thing the 13th amendment talks about abolishing slavery right mm -hmm. and it, it has one loophole and if you read through the whole thing i can't quote it word for word but it specifically pretty much just says there is no, like, there's no slavery unless the person is being convicted of a crime. Mm -hmm. Therefore, that is the loophole that America has right now. We're like, this is modern slavery. And again, we have to look at history because although I agree with you that not every case has to be looked as racism, when there is a bigger issue like that, it has to be like talked about and it has, it, people have to realize that even though we want the best for our society right now, 50 years ago, it wasn't the case for everybody. People didn't fully understand the same way they do now, the LGBT community, you know, and they still struggle a lot. And this has been even worse with the black community. I mean, the black community was brought to this country as property, as slaves, as like pretty much my machine to do my work for me mm -hmm. for pretty much free. It wasn't like a worker. It wasn't like, hey, I'm paying you. As a normal person, you go do your thing with your family. You come back, you, you mow my lawn, you, you know? Yeah. It was, I took you from your land. I brought you here and you are my property. You had no right to say anything about that. You know, we, we could talk again in the history of people were like black people were three as three fifths of a person here when, when it was starting to get better. And, uh, and, and the issue with all of that is that this is history of not more than 100 years ago when it, it really started being a clear, like, like spoken issue. And it has not been more than half a decade since we really have abolished all these things. Mm -hmm. And again, talking about the Third Amendment is not fully abolished. And profiling has allowed for modern 
or, or how people call it, I guess, in, in uh, their different like uh, articles and stuff, like modern racism, modern racism. Mm -hmm. And yes, again, once again, I agree with you that not all, every case applies to be racism. That there are there are probably a lot of black people that are there because of real crimes, you know. Mm -hmm. But how I how do I put it? So to talk about racism, you know the the case of uh, I think it was, his name was Brock Turner. The Stanford swimmer, I believe it was. Mm -hmm. the, you know, we can talk about that case. You know, if you if you were hearing this and don't know it, like just go look it up real quick. Long story short, he should, he he got charged with three uh like major charges of rape. Mm -hmm. You know, and how did he walk away from that? How many years of year he got? He got six months, and he was released three months earlier, and then he had three years of parole, which also were cut short. What, what does that tell us about our system that is putting 80% of the people that they're trying to convict of like black people in jail for crimes as like just possessing marijuana, you know, selling and stuff. I get it that they're crimes too, but should you really be going to jail for 20 years for possession of marijuana would only be going for six months of raping of three like cases of rape accusation. You know, and they weren't even false. They, like, uh, so my point is, people were saying when that case came out, "Oh, uh, you can't ruin his future. It was just one mistake." I'm sorry, but now one, three mistakes. First of all, second, if you can make that kind of big mistake, he was 21 or 20, I believe. He was already, you know, of age, he was old enough to know better. Yeah. And and the thing is that the, that somebody can walk away from that. With with pretty much no, like, how do you call that? How do you say that in English? I'm forgetting uh, some English. Repercussion. Like, yeah, repercussions. Yeah. That's yeah. what I was looking yeah. for. So that you can walk away from that with like no repercussions. But then we have so many black and 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 Latino people. It's mostly black that is really targeted for minor crimes. A lot of them are not actually real crimes. Um, I got the opportunity when I went to a civil rights pilgrimage with Eau Claire to meet uh, like the last survivor of the Freedom Riders, those guys went to jail for protesting, for, for doing like the Freedom Riders mm -hmm. and, and many other peaceful protests that happened because, because the nation didn't want to open up to that, you know? Yeah. If we talk about, if we talk about yes, uh, with protests that are happening right now, they should be peaceful. Well, I agree, but at the same time, historically, it's just been proven that peaceful does not do anything because Martin Luther King was killed, mm -hmm. and he was not doing anything bad when he was killed. He was like having a, a speech in, in the balcony. He he got killed during peaceful like protesting or showing yeah. per se in other situations. And there are so many more cases that we we could look into and and. And that's where the issue becomes. I personally, the, the whole rioting and stuff can be a bigger issue too because some people that are doing the rioting and stuff are not really part of the protesting. And and these are people that just want to do, you know, that want to cause like social um, disturbance. Mm -hmm. And then they take advantage of that because there's already technically social disturbance within these protesters by, you know, by me speaking on my mind. But I was actually just having a conversation with um, a friend that, like message me on Facebook. Oh my God. Like Facebook, I love and hate it because a lot of people, you know, as I say, they either 
are able to read and are able to take in and be like, you know, I don't agree with this and that, but but a lot of people also are like, no, I'm I'm always right. You know, I had a really good friend, like a music friend from from Jaysby who decided to like block me after we had a conversation where like he pretty much called me a empty headed liberal mm-hmm. for for believing like my, my beliefs. And it's like I try to kind of disassociate from party or party. Maybe my beliefs might fit more in one than another. Mm-hmm. Um, but here, I, the thing that my friend uh, told me was I share a video of the police department um, took in, um, arrested this black man today that was doing peaceful protesting. And I believe he went into a business with a megaphone. Yeah. And um a baseball bat, but he was not hitting anyway. He was just carrying that in the megaphone and speaking out his mind, right? Yeah. He went to get arrested for this. And then, so, see, that's the weird, he was black, of course. Yeah. Um, And uh, the weird thing is that when he went to get arrested, they say, they kept saying like, what are you getting, arre- what are you arresting him for? And mm-hmm. stuff like that. And he's like, for resisting arrest. And he's like, in the first place, why is really the arrest? And, and, it comes to like a freedom of speech. How much my my but, First Amendment yeah. protects me for uh from saying these things? I I do agree that it shouldn't happen in a local like business. But if he wasn't hurting anybody, I don't think that like I think that your First Amendment should protect you just as much as it protects uh, hate speech. Because yeah. where do we really draw the line? Yeah. Why can somebody like do hate speech without it being a crime, mm-hmm. but somebody can't speak out their mind about? Their, their society and, and call out the racism that they can see yeah. and they can leave. I, I saw the video, Nico, and so specifically on this and on, on what you're talking about, if he was inside someone's business, then he's trespassing if they didn't want him there talking because then he's on private property. I, I, I agree yeah. with you. If he's, on, if he's out on the sidewalk doing that, no problem whatsoever, <laughs> right? But if somebody walked into my house with the megaphone and I was like, you got to leave, and they didn't want to leave, I would have them kicked out as well. But yes, I I agree with that. So I so I I guess that's where I would answer that. But I want to go back to what you said, um, t- about the you know the, the the guy that you know was convicted of rape. You said and and yet he only yeah. got three months, and people getting many years for possession of drugs. And I agree with you. I agree that our criminal justice system is many times it's flawed in the way it doesn't actually give true justice because we 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 prosecute people on crimes that are victimless and then we have an instance where somebody does something horrible and instead of being punished the way that they should be punished they're instead given basically a tap on the wrist and and told to go away so my question to you though would be so like let me explain to you where i'm coming from so from a christian perspective there's, there is such a thing as right and wrong because God has determined what that is, right? So I know for a fact that murder is wrong. I know for a fact that rape is wrong. I know for a fact um, that th- that stealing is wrong because God says so in his word. So I, 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 I have a foundation by which I can point to the rape of a woman and I can say that was wrong. And in fact, what he deserves is not just three months in jail or 20 years in jail or a whole lifetime in jail. He actually deserves a death penalty because what he did was so horrible. So my question to you would be, where do you get your idea of what is right and wrong and then what justice looks like? 
So one thing to say um, before I answer that is uh, kind of to, just to, to leave you thinking, maybe if you want to answer that. Mm-hmm. I personally don't think that a person that like was convicted for rape mm-hmm. should have death penalty because that also, I'm Catholic, mm-hmm. and that also goes against my beliefs of, you know, like wanting, like wishing death to someone. I personally think that, and, and it's been said by many criminals, and we've seen many criminals commit suicide because they know how much more horrible it is to waste your entire life in jail than to get killed, you know? And I just also just don't support kill, <laughs> like uh, killing people. And I know that it can be inevitable in some cases, but that's mm-hmm. kind of what, like what I want to say. And uh, for what I get my, I guess my thoughts, my beliefs is a little bit of everything. So like from my Catholic views, yes, I believe that a lot of this is is wrong because, you know, uh, Jesus said, love one another and love me above all. And, and really calling somebody that's walking by the end word, or, you know, um, I saw another post or a video of this lady that went to a BLM protest with the Confederate flag and scream, I'm going to teach my grandkid to hate you all referring to the black people and call them, you know, very, very horrible words. Yeah. I don't think that you, that should fall under any category of christian thoughts no that's not Catholic good no that's not so, good so that's i guess where I, I see a little bit of that and the other thing is like we're all the same under god's eyes right and we all should be the same under the law's eyes but we really aren't right now and that's kind of how i like to think about it like history from like uh like conquering mm-hmm. of the whole americas is pretty much Europeans came, Europeans came mm-hmm. stole the like the land of, of the people here, and then we're pretty much forcing them to become, you know, a mix of the culture of what the Europeans brought. The same in, in Latin America as well as as in uh, North America, because North America, like we talk about Native Americans, they were here before, you know, there was really any England crown in here and, and anything like that, mm-hmm. and and I guess. That's a, that's a good question. I never fully thought, where do I get all these ideals? Yeah. But uh, with social media, I think that it's quite easy to be able to see other people's perspectives mm-hmm. and see other countries saying things like, oh, you guys don't have like universe, like you guys don't have healthcare or like a, a proper system for that and be like, oh yeah, we don't. That's kind of weird. Or, or, you know, being able to see that other parts of, of our society um, like in the world are able to do this a little bit better. It, it's kind of also guides me to say, I think that we all can do better and, you know, we're all doing better. I, I think that history can't be ignored from the bad, from the good side. I think that, you know, being able to, to consider or be able to at least think that we can consider everybody the same. is quite nice being able to, to see that, Black people are holding some higher uh, positions nowadays, just like they were normal people. Um, and I think that the problem with um, like thinking about that too much in the good way is, sorry, I, I move a lot in my chair. <laughs> thinking about that in the good way is that we can just get set back on on thinking, you know, we've done well, you know? It's kind of like if this, this was a mile run and we ran, you know, 0.5 miles and he's like, wow, you know, I'm, I'm almost there. I'm almost there. I'm going to take a break. Like, you shouldn't really take a break when you're running, like, let's say, a mile test or, or when you're running a mile pure, like, 
don't know why you would want to go run it in the first place. I guess it doesn't fully apply. Yeah. But my full thing, my full thing is you shouldn't you shouldn't just like uh, comfort with what you are at right now yeah. if it's not the full thing. So if it's not the full mile you run, you shouldn't comfort. You shouldn't just take it as a win that we've advanced a little bit when there is still the issue there. Okay. So that's kind of how I see it. Okay, but but then ultimately, like, why should I listen to what you're saying? Like, why should I pay attention to the things that people are like the things that you're posting? I'm talking about you specifically because that's who I'm talking to. You know, like, why yeah. should I listen specifically to the things that you're saying, the things that you're posting? Why should I do what you say I should do? Well, I personally think that you shouldn't always, and I think that uh, curiosity is what allows people to open up to these talks and to open up to hearing different thoughts and different points of view. Mm-hmm. But um, I do think that you should be open to what I say, not because I'm me or I feel entitled to to having a bigger voice, you know. But um, somebody, I, uh, somebody that was like in, in the post too talked about how we should listen to the POC people, mm-hmm. people of color community, because they have suffered a little bit more, you know. I don't know what's your experience with racism, but as I said, I've had some bad experiences. I mean, anywhere from like eat, like soft stuff, like being looked. Uh, weirdly mm-hmm. at the at the store when i'm talking with my mom in spanish to translate to her in the cash register mm-hmm. that's like like soft you know i can brush it off uh to i have been pulled over by cops because of the way i look i've been in in one of those instances i got the cop to like so i was with my friend i'm just trying gonna try to summarize i was mm-hmm. with my way uh friend who was blind and, and white he was my roommate from when I was in school and um, we went to eat and then I get, again, I got pulled over. I got asked about my documents and um, kind of pretty much persistence being like, we're going to check if you're legal type of thing. That's, that's how we receive it as POC, for example. Again, this could change from person to person. Cause as you say, we are also an immigrant from that, from the Latin American community, but um, maybe you haven't experienced these things. No, maybe you have. no, people, people have been racist to me. And so, so the thing is that that day, um, there were two cops. They wanted to question me, and the one that was talking to my friend on the other side. And this is where I really see racism. Being, you know, even though I already see it as the first instance of of being looked differently because because of how I look and being like kind of pre put in the in this uh, thought of of being probably illegal, probably not having documents or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next uh, instance I see is this white cop is also talking to my roommate whispering and my roommate like recorded this and he made a rant post about it because he felt he told me he felt so disgusted that they were like talking to him whispering like hey do you need help we can get you out of here are you okay is he like threatening you is he does he have anything against you and then he kept just saying out loud like no he's my friend like so so that's where where it comes you know saying like hey can we get you out of here because that guy looks dangerous most likely because he doesn't look white. And then my roommate not only saying yes multiple times, but kept getting questioned about it. Mm-hmm. That's where I think the problem comes. And then because of how I look and because I have a couple cents in my car, that gives enough reason to say, hey, you sure don't like get straight up ass. Like, you sure you don't do drugs? And I'm like, nope, pretty sure. And get, I got asked, like, I got called the canine unit on me. Uh, I was talking to my other friend um, the other day about it. They were like, you know, you can deny it. But at the same time, like, 
if I deny, they would probably want to pull like probable cause to try to bring the canine unit anyways. Yeah. So my whole thing is I went out of that situation yeah. fine because uh, I don't do that and I had documents and stuff. Yeah. But uh, the fear of a lot of people like, like again, parents that come here like undocumented because uh, they want to give a better life to their kids. And honestly, the wait list on, on a lot of these cases that come here are so long that these parents end up how, like they rather run for their lives and, and be illegal here and r- run from like the, the violence in Mexico and stuff like that. And now they have to live in fear of like when they're going to get pulled over, when they're going to try to get, you know, deported because they don't have documents and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that, that's just, I guess, talking from my Latino American experience. But then again, we got to listen to like the people of color that are suffering these things. As of right now, the, 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 community has been mostly impacted by it is the, is the black community yeah and we have to listen to them i mean there are so many videos out there and a lot of them show the problem of you know the police force yes. and for example the, the video we're talking about is like yes i agree that he should have not gone in that business i am not sure the whole story of if the business called the police because you know a business could be completely okay with letting that person come in we don't really know if they is the business owner, uh, you know, could, could be okay with that. Over who who the heck knows? Because the police got got called on that, right? But my thing is, I guarantee you that if somebody that was white were to do this, it would not get the same repercussions or violence in, in them. Because well, the, uh, here's my point to to justify that is we know that there were protests before the protests about BLM. Yeah. There were protests about, I, I called them, I guess I mocked them, calling them, I want to get my haircut protest. Yeah. Because he was like, why aren't we opening? Why don't we? And I understand the economic side of, of trying to open the country, uh-huh. but this was kind of a rush. And there are pictures and there is proof of like thousands of people in different major places like mm-hmm. Madison, the capital of Madison yep. had it, um, where there were these white people, mostly like like European descendant, mm-hmm. uh, let's let's call that type of Caucasian, with uh guns. Yep. You know? Yeah. And what happened to any of them? Nothing was really reported and as, you, as happening to, to direct violence to them. You you wanna know why? Probably more than likely is because they had guns. Yes, but why why is a bat and a black person more training to a cop that also has gun and has more training that probably a lot of these people then somebody would have gone. Why is it? Nico, I, I can't speak. If, if you're if you're referencing like the person that you're talking about that was arrested today for being inside of a business, it could very well be that he's in a private property, he's in a private business, and they don't want people in that private business using a megaphone and talking, and he was trespassing at that point <laughs> if they called the cops on him. So that could be the the reason why. So not like yeah, no, I agree with that case. I so, I guess like I'm trying to say it in more in a more broad in a broad yeah case. okay. So I have seen plenty of videos. You can go online and you can look up videos of of plenty of black, Asian, Latino, white people being killed by cops, being shot by cops. You can watch. You can see these things, and some of these cases are justified, and some of them they aren't regardless of race of of gender whatever we can see these things and so we can point to problems in the in the in the police force and i can point because i've i've been talked to by the cops as well right i don't think it generally had to do necessarily had to do with my race 
I think it had to do with just bad policing. And it happens every day to, to people of all different ethnicities, all different skin tones. So like, I, I think there, there are definitely racist people that are police officers. I won't deny that. But I don't think that every single case in which something happens to a person uh, that has a, a darker skin tone, that it has to do with racism. So like, for instance, the protests that were happening a couple months ago where everybody was out, you know, they were doing their thing. You can't arrest all those people. I don't think that the people that, that were peacefully protesting now, even though I don't agree with what their with their movement, I don't think they should have been arrested. And I don't and, and I don't think cops should escalate those situations. But we can also, Nico, we can't deny the fact that they're very two there are two very different outcomes from these protests, right? We can we can look at Minneapolis today and it's very different than what it was two months ago. There are whole blocks of Minneapolis that have been burnt down and destroyed. So it's a very different outcome and it's a very different way of protesting. One group, and I'm going to say this, there have been two months ago when they were doing the coronavirus protest, they were peaceful. And I'm sure there might have been some people that were that were being you know loud and, and obnoxious even then. And today, even though I don't agree with 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 most of these protesters, a lot of them haven't, you know, just marching. They've been holding signs. They haven't been violent in any way, shape, or form. But then there's also you can't deny the fact that there have been violent. There has been a lot more violence in these protests than there were with the other protests two months ago. And I don't think that ha- that the police response to that violence and to the potential of violence because we have seen it happen. I don't think it necessarily has to do with race. And I don't think you can prove that it has to do with race. Well, as of right now, the top of my head, you're right. I can't prove that it has to do with race. But uh, we, I mean, we have seen that. Uh, one thing that you, I, I think you said it, and, and I agree, that there's a bigger issue with police, you know? I Again, I don't think that everything is race. But the fact that we can recognize that some of it is race and that the percentages do talk about how most people that get, you know, um, God, I was trying to get my computer to work to be able to find some of those because I don't know the name, the numbers at the top of my head, but mm-hmm. um, there is a higher percentage of people from the minority communities and being affected by, you know, the police and being pulled over and being, you know, like it happened to me, search and like with no actual like cause. Use the pro cause yeah. execution and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the thing is that we can't ignore that is that race is an issue by by uh, acknowledging the the times that it hasn't been because because then it's just gonna stay there as a non-issue. And then you know you have good po- you can have good points for either, but um, it just. <laughs> I don't know how to express it, but it's like, it's, it's, it's a reality that we don't live. Thankfully, I don't live that reality as much as the, like black people, but guarantee you, like it is a racial issue because they are speaking from their minds that even though there are bad people doing writing and stuff like that, there are the people that are just trying to live their lives and they're coming out to say, to speak out, to say, look, this is happening to me. You know, mm-hmm. we as Latino community. So let's bring another social issue right now. You know what's happening in the border, right? In, in the Mexico-United States border, like with the camps that they're having, mm-hmm. dividing their families from, like the, the parents from kids and stuff yeah. like that. A lot of kids starving. You know, 
we as a Latino community, I, I want to be heard about that too, because even though it's not anybody related to me, it very well one day could be. And even if it never was, I don't want people to go through that because they're trying to look at better opportunity, trying to flee violence. And yes, not all of them are trying just to flee violence. But the thing is that from the bad, like the few bad ones, you can you can't also just justify killing a, a lot of these kids in camps and stuff like that. Right. And I think that it goes too far when people, um, well, yes and no can go too far when people compare that to, uh, you know, the the Jews history. But at the same time, is if we don't stop the violence that is occurring right now, why why are a lot of these people not being sent back to their places? You know, because there is the hypothesis they're gonna try to come back. So what is a better way to look at it? Is it really to just have them in concentration camps where they are literally not being well-fed? They're being striped from their religion and their family, which is we know as Latin Americans that is like the two most important values that will keep you alive through anything else is family and religion. If you look at the confiscated millions and millions of groceries, it represents, even though it sounds like, you know, when I read it at first, I was like, you know, just probably confiscating property. But if you can confiscate that from a like Latino community, you can take their Bibles away. You're taking a big chunk of their hope and their faith and their ability to 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 be stable. You know, their their ability to to have a a fight per se against what's happening like to them. Yeah. And so, uh, me as a La- Latino American, I would like society to hear that, even though not everybody's gonna experience that. You know. Because the, the black community won't experience that. I mean, they already experienced it with slavery in a worse situation. Uh, but they're not going to experience that right now. And and I want them to hear me just as much as I should be able to hear them from their perspective. They're not going to understand what is it like to know of your community being straight from their values and stuff to, to be able to be controlled uh, and demean. But I'm never going to know really what it's like to to be shot or like i don't know if you've seen i i did share a video of the guy that gets pulled over for running a stop sign i think it is mm-hmm. um and then the police is pointing a gun at him yeah he has no guns clearly he's on the ground screaming what did i do mm-hmm. you know it, it, and so if that doesn't show a a problem with with raising our system i i think that's the problem i don't know so no no i so i get where you're coming from but i think the the so we can we can see that problem. So like for instance, right, the whole thing that started all this is the murder of George Floyd by that officer. I I yes. right. So like, let, man, you you talked about a lot. I don't, I want to respond to what you said before. So like so like <laughs> I have I have an issue, and we actually did an episode on this podcast about immigration policy. And so I have an issue with what's going on at the border. I don't think that issue that what's going on at the border has to do with race specifically i think we have bad laws in this country and they those bad laws discriminate against everybody that violates them but i think we have really bad laws and so i i think that people should in this country they like because the bible says it right like treat the sojourner as yourself don't don't show favoritism between one and the other so i i i agree right like i see that as a problem that we're that in this country people are being separated from their families because they cross the border, um, I think people should be allowed to to live wherever they can afford to live, regardless of legal status. So I agree on that end, but I don't think it necessarily has to do with race. I think it's a bad system. But to the issue of what you were talking about, where a cop pulled out a gun on a on a person, I 
and now bringing it back to, to George Floyd, the issue that I have with, with this whole thing that's going on right now is that we can look at what happened to George Floyd and what that officer did where he murdered him. And everybody looked at that and was like, that was wrong. Like that was murder. That was horrible. But then we, and then a certain amount of people looked at it and said, well, that was racism. It wasn't just murder. It was, he was murdered because he was black, but we can't prove that. And that's the issue I have with it is like when we point at these things and we say, this happened specifically because of this person's skin color without proof that it actually did. Like I know for a fact, because I watched that video, you can see the whole 10 minute video of a cop with his, with his knee on this man's show on this man's neck. It, regardless of what he had done before, he did not deserve to die like that. And so that was murder. Obviously. I don't know mm-hmm. that that cop did it because George Floyd was black and because I would like was to, racist. I would like to ask you, so yeah. you say that uh, you can't prove it's racism, right? Because we can't really go to, to the cop and ask him, hey, did you kill him because he was black? Not He's not going to say that. Not in that specific He's not gonna instance. Say well, in, in many other instances, a lot of people that know they did something wrong, they're never going to admit that it was because of the skin color. But if you can compare... If you can compare data and say, again, bringing, bringing the, the Brooke Turner's case again, or many others, because there are many others of people that were in major crimes, you know, um, being more of a threat or having a more of a bigger crime. And, and I'm not saying they, they deserve worse mm-hmm. than like what black people are suffering right now, but they do deserve worse than what, that, what they're getting compared to their crime. And it's not happening to them. That's where the issue comes. That's where racism should be should be acknowledged at that point and and the problem is that look we can we can say that we're not racist you know but our government again it's it's got flaws it's got many flaws Mm -hmm. and there are many ways to prove with statistics where, where the flaws can like lay upon like race and ethnicity um you were saying something about the border having like ball laws and stuff like that i do agree that it it can't fully be traced to to race issue, but you know the like number of immigrants that come from Europe to want to stay here, whether whether they come and try to get a work visa, mm-hmm. because a lot of them don't really just get it right away. I've met people from like UW Madison that they were doing their their grad school here, and they were planning to stay, but they, their their ability, their visa didn't give them that ability. Yeah. But in the immigration website, it says that so for example, when you're looking for asylum, you have up to three months after entering the country because they, they technically the law tries to say we protect you under you know the, the ability of, of fleeing danger and then we can study your case here and then if we deny it then then you have to go back but what's happening at the border is at the mex like mexico united states border where mostly latin americans come through is what's being affected and hit you know and, and i think uh, it's, but, it sounds kind of silly, but when, when they were saying the thing about build the wall and stuff like that, and people would be like, does he not know that there are planes? Well, guess most of the other immigrants that are coming here legally to try to stay longer, and a few of them stay legally until they can get a work visa or student visa, whatever. A lot of those are not going to be like people of color that speak broken English and stuff because they just don't seem like the same type of threat. And, and that's what I think that you also have to, as a person, I just directed you. Have to realize that racism, whether we like it or not, it's it's in our system, 
and I'm not saying that we are the most racist system of the world. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want people to quote me on that. Whether, whether it's true or not, I'm, I'm not bringing that. I'm saying, as of right now, we are more racist than we should be. Can, We're, can you point, and we should be a zero. Okay, but can you point to a law? Can you point to <clears throat> to something that would... That is on, that is aimed specifically at a particular group of people based solely upon their skin color or ethnicity, because when you say you know we say, because I agree with you. If we look at our history, the history of the United States, and we we go back a hundred years ago, and, and we had things like Joe, uh, Jim Crow laws in the South, I can point to those laws and I can say, look, this is a racist law because it says that black people and people of of color of darker skin tone are going to be allowed in this part of town, but not in this part of town simply because of their skin color. And I can, we can point to those laws and we can say, look, that's, that's <laughs> systemic racism because that's in the system. But I don't, I don't, I'm just saying, I, I, I don't think that there's a law and, and maybe I'm wrong about this, but I don't think there's a law in this country that is aimed specifically at minorities and that is not applied to everybody. I mean, you're right. The, the, I mean, to this point in history, we're not going to, find laws that says black people are not a full person that three-fifths black people should not mix with white people you know but you you know the the bigger issue that i can tell you this and this is not perspective this is statistics and history as Mm -hmm. well is that racism is systematic because what happened back there what happened with jim crow what happened with redlining which we haven't talked much about Mm -hmm. allowed for like pavement and like the road to being able to uh, in a sense be be low-key more racist because, again, the 13th Amendment, it, it allows slavery. And, and how do we fill the, the jails here in, in America? It, it's it's a uh, – let me find the statistics for that because I would like to at least say a number yeah. to that. Um, no, the, I, I agree with you, Nico. There are a lot of people of minority communities that are in prison right now. I just don't know that we can point to race being the only factor in that. Yes, I agree that race isn't just the only factor, but the problem is that Racism doesn't need to be the single, like the sole, like, um, issue, you know, racism can come with, with a lot of other things. And yes, I agree that not every person that is in jail should not be in jail, if that makes sense. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, but while I find this, my computer is being so low, but I try to find the, the data for that. Redlining is something that happened when people were able like black people were able to to start buying properties, you know, and also mm-hmm. like Mexican farmers and, and Latin American descendants. And what this allowed to is to chunk the minorities in different communities. And, and again, this is like statistically proven whether we can find a law that says you're, you're going to have less education or like a crappier education because you are not white. But like we probably won't be able to find that this like that specificity in laws. But if you look at Milwaukee, like for example, we're from Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about. I'm pretty sure it's one of the top most segregated uh, cities in the entire world, and and it's gotta be on the top like ten or so in the yeah. United States, if, if not top one. Yeah. And my friend, I went to visit him. He's Mexican. Where they live, you can tell the difference. With like when I'm coming to Milwaukee from Madison, I can tell where I'm in white like land to the minority land because you can tell on, on the businesses that are surrounded. Mm-hmm. O- of course, also on the language because, I mean, the Mexican restaurants like there in yeah, Spanish. You, more, you know, <laughs> but also you look at the schools and like, what is the best school there? 
market because it's private. You know, mm-hmm. public schools, they, you know, it's so booty because redlining, redlining allows for, like, again, the, the system to still be racist without saying, hey, we don't like you because of your skin color. And that's like one of the many multiple issues. I think that what we are facing right now is kind of like a slower revolution in the sense that we're getting things done. We've seen police uh, departments disassociate um or I mean, like their governors disassociated with some police departments. Uh, some governors cut budget on police department or and really serious stuff like that, you know. Mm-hmm. But but we like there's so much more to do. There's so much more to break in 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 redlining so that at least school and education stops being based up upon the properties that, that have been like pretty much lay there for the past 40, 50 years because they were laid that way. They were they were selected by people like, here we're going to put a good chunk of this type of people that have lower income, mm-hmm. that have no professional jobs or that most of the time don't have degree, you know? And, and that's where the, again, systematic racism comes in. The fact that this is still happening and we can, I don't want to say getaway, but we can, we can kind of like easily miss it because we are not educated in schools about these things. I never heard in, in high school about redlining. Mm-hmm. I thought in high school, I was like, we all got same opportunities, yippity yay. No, like in, in reality, if you go to a, a bank to apply for a loan, it is most likely that they're going to base upon your area that, that you live right now, mm-hmm. where it's most likely if you, have, if you don't have a degree, that is going to be a lower income area, you know, and you're either going to be denied or accepted for a, for a lower um quantity which is going to put you again in that part of, of the map instead of this part and it shouldn't be like that it should yeah. be like everywhere it should be equal opportunities but 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 in that instance so i, I I'll, I'll speak to the redlining thing so of course yeah that happened the redlining thing happened but it's it's illegal to do that now it's it's it is but like as of right now as I said, it's history. It's, it's yeah, it's history. So, like, so that's what I'm saying is, we can go back way. We can go way, way back in history, and I'm sure we could find something or an instance in which one of our ancestors was mistreated and was treated unjustly and suffered for something they didn't do. So, how and how do we now today <laughs> deal with that? And I think that's the issue. Is like, I'm looking at today. Like, what is ha- what injustice is happening today? Because I can't pay for the for the sins of my ancestors because I didn't commit them. Yes, yeah, I, I agree with that. But and, you can't. You're saying let's look at today. We're looking at today's issues. Mm-hmm. Again, redlining is something that affects the schools right now. I understand yeah. that happened. Yeah. like uh, okay. a bunch of years ago. So, so this might sound crazy, Nico, but I don't. I don't think that the government should run schools. So I don't think that public schools should be a thing. I think individuals should be able to, to make those decisions for their family. And if we were to get rid of public school, it wouldn't matter if my proper, my, my neighborhood is poor or richer and that affects my education. It would matter how much money I want to put into my education and that's the education I would get. So I think that would be a solution to the problem. I don't think most people see it that way. I agree, but I also disagree because of the one thing I, we talked about earlier of like breaking cycles. How are you going to break a cycle without having the money, without having the accessibility okay. to yes. it, right? Okay, yep. So so let's let's talk about that because I think it, I, I do want to talk about solutions to this. So I do agree with you. There is a cycle and we see these disparities 
in between uh, white Americans, black Americans, Hispanic Americans in like median income for black Americans is lower than, than white Americans. Um, percentage of college graduates are lower, higher percentage of people in prison. But then we also can't dispute the fact that if you look at the black community, unfortunately, like 73% of, of babies born, of black American babies born in this country are born to single mothers where there are no fathers. So I, and I think that's that, that we have to acknowledge that that's a cultural issue and that's a bad thing. And you're already starting off these children on, on a path to, on a dangerous path because they don't have a father in their home. And it's been proven that if you, you know, a household that has, that both parents stay together when they have kids, it's like, it's literally like the, the path to, to quote unquote success, you know, to move up yeah. in the world, right. Is to have two parents in the household and, like to have your parents married basically when you're born and stay married that's basically like the path to success because it's stable it, it stabilizes you and so unfortunately what we have in this country is we have a culture specifically in, in and we can point to it and unfortunately this is what happens and the statistics back this up in, in these minority neighborhoods and you know inner city i live in beloit right and so i know for a fact that there this is an issue in this town where i live in where there's a lot of fatherlessness and it affects people because then, specifically young men, right? They don't have a, a father figure to lead them. And so then they fall into the wrong path. And then they continue to, to perpetuate that cycle. So regardless of whether we gave them all the world money in the world, if they didn't understand how to raise their children, their children, you know what I'm saying? They're going to fall to the wayside. That's what I happens. agree. Yeah. And so the, I think that's a big issue that we can't overlook is is the fatherlessness in particular in the in the black community so so i agree with that but there are many issues in that and as i was saying i think that the revolution we're going as a country is full of many issues that we we have to like break together it's not it's not just like oh the system is racist mm -hmm. or oh police is overpowered or what, whatever it is you know or like whether you agree with me or on those being issues or not um let's talk about that issue that you're saying uh, most likely, most of the mothers that are single mothers. Um, oh, so first of all, I am Catholic. I have my mixed feelings about Planned Parenthood because of what history they have on the, the table, per se. Mm -hmm. I know that the Catholic Church like hates it completely, but I think that if we could like not use Planned Parenthood, but use a system that that pretty much allows the, the sexual education of, okay. of, of that sense, it's going to help a lot with these young kids that are also having, and I know that's not going to solve the whole issue, mm -hmm. but that's going to minimize it. You know, that's going to minimize so, it a lot. Do you, quick, quick, Nico, what are your thoughts on abortion? Oh, I think there's a lot broader than to be able to answer quick. Do, do you think, do you think that abortion is, is acceptable? Like, do you think people should be able to have abortions? Under certain circumstances, I personally think yes, because I'm not going to force somebody that got raped to carry something that's going to remind them whether, you know, if they are willing to and wanting to, to be able to raise the, uh, this uh, opportunity in their life, like that's up to them. But I'm not going to selfishly say, oh, abortion is wrong because you're killing a life, but also be like, oh, I care about this baby's life so much, but I don't care about your life. I don't care about you being abused. 
you may be most likely not also being prepared to, to bring a child to life. And then again, restarting other cycles where like you don't have the economic like support to be able to do that. And he's gonna he's gonna be raised like not not properly, but like he's just not gonna have the same opportunities that you could offer him when you are prepared to if you wanted to have a family. That's how I, I think about it. Again, it can be a lot more nitpicky, but to try to answer quick, I think that there are circumstances that that I that it should be, I guess, not respected but allowed and, and incapacitated to these communities. Okay. I, I see abortion as a problem. I see abortion as a big problem in this country for everybody. Yeah. But it's specific <laughs> because I think abortion is murder. I think it's absolutely wrong. I agree. Right. So then, so you agree that abortion is murder? Yes. And, and that's why I say, like, I, I what the issue with murder, with, with, rel, with religiosity, I guess, I don't know if I said that word right, but um, you, you and I talking from a religious perspective. Right. The, the issue with murder is killing a life for no, you know, crime committed, no intended reason. Mm-hmm. It, 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 the Bible many times saying that, like, it shouldn't be allowed yeah. um, and it just shouldn't happen. Yeah. I agree that it's a big issue. But also then that means that you care about a life. Right. Yeah. You care about life. Um, but then how are we going to say that we do care about life when we are going to allow somebody that was abused to be to bring uh, something as a kid that they're not prepared uh-huh. to raise where again puts them in a situation where they don't want to be like as a parent or as a kid because you put them in 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 poverty you put them in, in issues where like it, they're gonna end up in a gang they're gonna end up you know a lot of the yeah. times if, if there is no enough support from school from the other family members so i think that is a very very big issue yeah okay but i flip that on you how do how are we gonna say that we care about life when we tell the the women that's been abused or the women that says she's not ready to have a child that it's okay to kill her baby? No, I agree that is a big issue because of that because I can look at it from every perspective and 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 again you're gonna flip that on me and and you're completely right. How how in in what? right state of mind do I tell somebody like I care about your life so much but we're not going to care about this life but also go, going back to the same way you think murder, murder is wrong mm-hmm. but the, then the, the concept of murder being wrong is, is not bringing or like not um, keeping alive for, for no actual intended reason you know mur- murder is attempting against someone's life without like it really being kind of like a cause yeah. per se and, and so so you're saying you care about that baby's life, but then what about his his later life? Mm-hmm. The reality is what you were saying yeah. about like now like fatherlessness, yeah. like that. It's like it's just a whole cycle, big issue of it like is. how much can you stretch your ethics for that? I guess because it's like, do I do I want abortions? No, I I wish I I wish there was the unrealistic possibility of allowing these people to to have a kid and then give it to um uh adoption you know but it's unrealistic to be able to keep them all to that because they also that means that they're gonna have to go through nine months of poverty of different like health issues that that they're not going to be able to have uh like have checked on if they don't have the capacity to afford a doctor or you know or they they don't fall on their medicaid and all the stuff like that so so i do agree it's 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 way too big of an issue to be able to just 
Can I answer it? No, I, I, and the reason I bring up abortion is because, first and foremost, you mentioned it, Planned Parenthood's history is wicked. Not only because they murder babies, but because they were specifically founded to get rid of black babies, get rid of black people. Margaret Singer was a white supremacist, and that was her whole goal, was to get rid of black people. Most people don't see that today. So I... And today, a lot of black babies, thousands of black babies, a thousand black babies die every day because of abortion. And Planned Parenthood carries out a lot of abortions. Okay, so I bring that up because I see a, I see a hypocrisy. I believe all black lives matter. I believe every single black life matters. I don't believe in the Black Lives Matter movement, but I believe all black lives matter. I believe that the black life in the womb matters as much as the black life out on the street matters. And so I believe we got to protect them. So I can't, I cannot on the one hand point to what happened to George Floyd and say that was wrong because it was wrong. But then go and, su but then go and support Planned Parenthood. I understand that. Exactly. Right. And then send, and then point at Planned Parenthood as they're ripping babies apart in the womb and say, well, that's part of what's got to happen. Right. Well, so that's why I say that I don't agree with Planned Parenthood and I don't agree with what they do, but I do think that the concept of sex education, it's, it's, uh, should be like more taken into every, you know, um, I, like school. I think, I think most people know, know what happens when you have sex. Yeah. But most people don't have the, the actual, like, how do you, how do you say it? They don't have the ability to go and reach out to a center and be like, Hey, um, I'm a, I'm trying to not use bad words. I'm a teenager, very eager to go have sex. Mm -hmm. uh, can, can I be told more about the consequences of what could happen? You know, could, could I be provided with some help as not just like information? Yeah. Because I mean, trust me that a lot of people are going to get more scared and be more precautious with their sexual activity. If they are told about, um, what's it called? Like STDs, STIs, whatever, whatever you want to call it, um, in statistics, as well as being able to tell them, you know, the chances of, of you having a baby, blah, blah, blah. They're going to be more educated. They're going to be more cautious about this. Mm -hmm. And, and, and last, like, unfortunately, we, we're, we're humans and I understand that some people just are going to go through that a lot more. You know, it's not like in our Catholic or Christian idea, we can just wait until marriage. But, um, but so that's that's how I I I see it. I agree that uh, like I, I'm sorry if I say that I like again support Planned Parenthood. I I think I tried to to say that I I didn't no, support I, no, that. I just, okay, but I, I do think that you know as I say in this revolution, there, as of right now, there is no right answer to to everything because if there was, I'm pretty sure that we would be okay. Like if there was a right answer, we would be able to just throw it out there, right? I think, I think that is a lot of, of of push and pull, a lot of see. Like I, I hate to say it as a trial and error, but it, it's a lot of like seeing how much do we need to change in this side of mm -hmm. of things. How much do we need to change on that side of things? And I think that so you you brought up like uh, fatherlessness being an issue, and yeah. I think that that could be one of the ways to be able to minimize that, and. and and as I say, the others, the, the, with the education, there is a lot more people that are going to be able to, and not sexual education, I mean, like more or going back to like mm -hmm. red line and stuff like that. There, there's a lot more people that are going to be able to to 
or capably take care of a, of a family, you know, of what they could call a mistake at a young age. Okay. So, the, so I guess this brings us directly into what I wanted to end our conversation on. And that's, you know, what are, what are the solutions to what you see as white privilege and systemic racism? Um, how do we, how do we fix that in our system? I don't know. You said like, you know, it's, you don't see that there's a, like a right answer, like a certain right answer, but what do you think from your perspective would be the solution to this? Like what steps can, can we take to make it a better, to make it better here? So from my ignorant opinion, and I'm going to say that because I mean, I, I went to school for many things, music, psychology being uh, some of those, but none of it being politics, being economics or, mm -hmm. or stuff like that, you know? Um, what I think is that we need to keep approaching like the, the government, like we're doing. I, I love seeing uh, the amount of people that are trying in, again in social media, mostly because I, I don't try to not go out a lot. I did go to a protest in Verona where I got asked to like, like, I guess talk about a little bit of my experience. And mostly I just came and presented a song, but it wasn't like I was like, I'm not very eager to go out. It's mostly my, I guess my fear of like the COVID that's happening also during yeah. all of this. But um, what I see on social media is that a lot of people are educating themselves more. A lot of people are, you know, I mean, how many posts haven't you found that talk about things in history that you did not know because we weren't taught that in school? And most of the time you are, you are in thought that in college, unless you take a course that is directly related to it either. So I think that what, what I see as, as, if, as possible ways to solutions is being able to acknowledge that and, and every party, not just like the, the white people um, or the black people, you know, uh, but like everybody needs to be able to, to see this and to be able to trace back and, and be like, okay, what is being, what is wrong with this part of history? Because if you don't know your history, you're doomed to repeat it. I love that quote and I, I stand by it because, you know, it's, it's as simple as saying, if you don't remember that you burned yourself with fire when you were six years old, you're probably going to burn yourself with fire when you're older, right? When you have the opportunity again. It's, that's, I guess, the simplest way I can explain it. But it's just that. It's, if we can't understand what happened then and what went wrong and what, like, digging all the way down, what can we fix to allow people for the similar or equal opportunities? We are just always just going to be fighting and it's always going to be a, oh, political parties issue or whatever, you know? So that's, that's one of the things I think that people need to educate themselves and not just POC, like people that aren't being directly affected by these issues need to educate themselves because, because without that, then they are just going to become ignorant too. And then when it comes to this issue and if this ever became something which hopefully will be voted in city councils or, you know, being voted in, in uh, different like Congress and, and like however the government uh, takes decisions like each state. If these people do not educate themselves, the people that are in power right now could be making many wrong decisions. And it doesn't mean that they're intentionally doing it so, right? But, it, but, but I think that, and I hate that when people say like white silence is, uh, is racism or they say oppression or, or I can't remember. White silence is violence. Yeah, there you go. It's like, that's another yes and no. 
I think that if you if you don't educate yourself, you could be contributing to the problem. It doesn't mean that you're a bad person, but it but but it, it puts you in that situation, like in that what I call ignorant situation, where like back to the same example, if you've never gotten yourself burned with fire and you don't believe other people by reading their experiences and then reading history on it, you are going to at some point go and experience it or you're just always going to ignore it, you know, the, the issue. And, and, and so that's, that's what I think it comes to, being able to voice the POC a lot more, being able to, to hear them rather than, than, than a, lot, a lot of the times what happens is like, yeah, but well, that's not all types of cops. And he's like, yes, but you also need to hear their experiences. You know, they, they are mad. They, they want to, you know, they want change and stuff like that. And, and also, so some people from, from the Black Lives Matter, like protests and stuff like that, they, they want change and sometimes they don't know how to do it right. But, but why is that? Because they are being attacked with that, like, why silence is violence thing? Where, where like, people that could be hearing it, that could be a, a kind of way to change, are really not doing anything because they're either afraid of saying something wrong or they don't know what's happening really. And instead of looking it up, they kind of just let it go by. Mm-hmm. That, 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 that's another issue. I think that we also need to voice those people a lot more and understand that, yes, I, I think that maybe some of their opinions might not be fully right, but why can't you listen to them, educate yourself from their history? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of them are doing their research very well talking about everything that's been happening since the civil rights movement and before, and then also be able to educate them in whatever you see uh, as like not being correct. So where you see, like, for example, if you were to to say, I don't see racism in our society right now, like being able to to have those conversations and and not only, you know, in in this matter, like, like a couple of college student friends or stuff like that, but also in the higher power, because as of right now, we know that most of our Congress, most of the people in our power are, white people that have not been able to experience these things and if they are not listening if they are not learning they are going to make the wrong decisions they are not going to be able to help the issue that's happening right now and again that i'm not calling them racist for that but i'm saying yes they're being a part of the issue they don't want to educate themselves at this point i think that everybody should not everybody should be speaking of and stuff like that if they don't feel okay with that i'm very okay with trying to voice out and then be able to hear back like whether it is some people agreeing or some people very disagreeing with me and hearing their opinion, but uh, that you don't need to do that to be able to understand, to be able to educate yourself, to be able to, you know, when you're at the store uh, and you see somebody like treating somebody or like following somebody black because they think they could be stealing and you've seen that they've done nothing wrong. If you can in that moment step in and say, hey, th- this is wrong, like don't do this if you're able to, I think that's just be many other ways to to educate yourself to be on on top of what's happening i think that that like could be solutions and then for straight solutions i think that we need to listen to what's happening with budgeting with the police in many other places i know police are not very well paid so where does the budget go i haven't done my research on that so i don't want to talk much about it but i'm assuming it's a lot more equipment and stuff and so we have been defunding schools for years and you were um, uh, that actually is not true. Well, it, not in every state, but like I have professors like of public colleges mm-hmm. that have been like literally affected by the the shifting of funding and then taken out from 
So from Eau Claire, like I know uh, one of the professors of the educa music education department, they had to cut their curriculum. They had to readjust all of this because the funding was either moved, it was reallocated, it was taken away, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's like, yes, I don't know statistics right now at the top of my head, but it is like we can find if we wanted to. I just will make another whole conversation, but we could find uh, places where we can see, yes, there is defunding in schools and no, they're, they're not defunding in other type of schools. So it's like, it's just, I guess, uh, as I was saying, being able to, to try to listen to what the people that are suffering the issue are saying and being able to, to kind of like, play a try and an error as to what can we do best to be able to kind of bring the, the ground level, like even for everybody. Okay. No, I appreciate sharing that. So I'll, I'll share where, where I think my solution or what I think the solution is um, to, again, I don't think that there is systemic racism in our country. I do think that there are bad laws in our country. I obviously, I, I believe that there are racist people in our country as well. Like I said, there have been people that have, there are people that have been racist against me personally because I'm Dominican, right? So like, I understand that. Um, ultimately, what I think is a solution is the gospel of Jesus Christ. I think that we are all made in the image of God. Like every single human being in this world that has ever lived or ever will live has been made by God. And we're made in his image. And we all come from the same two people, Adam and Eve. So in our hum in our humanity, we are all related. There is no such thing as a black person or a white person or a Latino person. There's We are people made in the image of God, right? And so we're all the same race. We're all the human race. And yet we differentiate ourselves by our tribes or by our skin tone because we're sinners. We sin against God. We were, God made us to have perfect communion with him, but we sinned against him. And so now we turn against each other because we hate God and now we hate ourselves because we're sinners, right? And so we see that perpetrated in racism, obviously, because it's tribalism, it's hating your neighbor. We also see it in just lying. When we tell a lie to somebody, we're sinning against God. When we steal from somebody or when we, even if it's not based upon race, but when we judge them unrighteously based upon maybe what they're wearing or you know, we sin against God in those ways. And so ultimately, I think the solution is to recognize that we have sinned against God and that our only hope is <laughs> repentance and faith in Christ. It's to turn from our sin, is to trust in Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that when we do that, we become a new creation and we have new desires. We want to love God and we want to love our neighbor. And so ultimately, we can fix what's on the outside. Like we can make it look better we can make it look what we want it to look like but it has it's a heart issue racism is a heart issue right it has to do with with our hearts and so i think ultimately for the problem of racism to end is is people need to turn from their sin trust in christ god himself who died on the cross and rose again and is king he's jesus christ the king we need to turn from our sins and trust in him and recognize like the bible says right like there's no neither jew nor greek uh Scythian or barbarian, like we're all together, brothers and sisters in Christ. We are the body of Christ, regardless of our of our skin tone, of our ethnicity. And so, for the issue of racism to end, I believe it has to do with heart change, because people are we're tribal, we're, we're because we're sinners. We need to repent of that. And so, I I I hate racism. I think it's wrong. 
I don't think that our system, our American system today is built on racism. I don't, I think we can feel the effects of what history, right? We can feel, we know for a fact that a couple hundred years ago, there were people enslaved and seen as property. And I, I, that's a wrong thing. That was a horrible thing that happened. And of course, people have been affected by that today. But I don't think that because the, I think the ditch we can fall into then is that it'll never get better because we can always point back to something bad that happened in the past and say, well, that affects us today. So therefore, that's something that's still being perpetrated today. I, I, I think that we have bad laws in this country, and that's because we've forgotten what the word of God says and, and, and we've forgotten that that foundation. <laughs> we ultimately have to bring it back to what true justice looks like, and that's what God says. And when, unless we do that, we're going to see bad laws. We're going to see injustice. And so, so that's my solution. I think it, it has to do with people's hearts changing. I think it has to do with, with uh, going to an ultimate standard of truth, which is the Bible, which I believe is the ultimate standard of truth. It's absolute truth. And, and that's, that's, where, that's where I'm coming from. So, Can I tell you something real yeah, quick? Go ahead, man. Because as, as a Catholic man, I agree with you. And man, like what's happening right now, me wanting to change, like has just made me stronger with my faith and wanting to pray and read the Bible and stuff. But yeah. you have to be realistic. Mm -hmm. And the truth is that not every Christian person, not every believer of, of Jesus Christ is actually being able to follow, you know, his, his word of love. And also, it's just not realistic that in the society we are at right now, that like an ethical solution like that, it's going to happen like suddenly. It, because to me, like, you know, it sounds beautiful and I wish it could be real. Mm -hmm. And I'm not, probably never going to start being Catholic because my faith and my belief, my family is like, it, it all like compounds of that. But I've met so many beautiful human beings that are able to make a change. And they're very atheist because they hadn't had the best experiences. And again, I, I agree with you in the sense that that would be a beautiful like solution, but not a realistic one, just because right now religiosity is like, it's like going down. Yeah. And in America, it's one of the biggest issues. So I think that 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 it, it comes to a lot more than than that type of ethics because I can tell somebody that doesn't even believe in God to abide to the word of God, to the Bible. You know, you, and you, as I say. No. I, I agree with you. That would be beautiful, but... But I think if we look at history, you know, the reason that, that slavery ended, specifically in, like, the Western Hemisphere in England was because of Christians. It was because of their efforts through a long period of time and they ended in England, in the English Empire. If we look at the Roman Empire was turned upside down by Christianity. So it's something that's been done before. We have to go back to what the Bible says ultimately because that's the ultimate standard of truth. So I can tell somebody that's an atheist, you need to repent and believe in Christ, not because I believe it's true, but because that's what God says is true. So that that's that's my that that would be the solution that I, that I would see if I'm being a consistent Christian, and because the Bible is the standard of truth, that's what I have to point people back to. And I think God has determined His means. He's going to do with them, if we're faithful to what he's what he calls us to do, he's going to do with them as he sees fit, right? And I think that a, a Christian society, a, a society that, that submits itself to the, to, to the truth, which is what's found in the Word of God, is going to be one that prospers. Obviously, not, not to say it's going to be perfect, 
because we're humans, but it's going to be much better. So, yeah, I, as I say, I, I agree with that. I, yeah. I, as a, as a Christian, I just, I try to pray too a lot for that. You know, that's one of our biggest tools as Christian Catholic, whatever it is, because that's, that's the way we can ask for God for the things that we are not able to do ourselves physically with our hands. Mm-hmm. And if you're doing as much as you can for that change, I think that praying is one of the best things we can do. And who knows, maybe praying could change the entire world, uh, I, as I say. Yeah, I'm not saying just praying. I'm saying preaching the gospel. It's calling all people everywhere to not trust in yourself. Don't trust in your good works. Don't trust in, in you being able to live up to God's standard but to, to trust solely on the grace of Christ and what he has done on the cross and his finished work. And that the Bible says that we become a new creation when we're adopted into the family of God and our desires change. So yeah, I, we've had a, we had a, yeah. we've had a good conversation so far, man. Um, yeah. That went pretty long, yeah. <laughs> but that was fun. That was, that was pretty good. But I appreciate you coming on and, and, uh, and talking to me and, and hearing me out and being willing to actually, you know, not sit down and talk to each other, but, you know, we're talking to each other through, through zoom right now. Um, but to actually have this conversation, man. Um, so I have one, I actually have two last questions, but I'll ask this question. We asked, I'll try we, to be shorter. <laughs> yeah, we asked this question to people when they come on our podcast and it's so Nico, I don't believe that there is systemic racism. Do you disagree with me, or or do you disagree? Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Do you disagree, do you disagree with? Do you disagree with me, or do you disagree with me? I disagree with you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Sounds go. good. And then one last question, man. And this is the most important question of the night. So there, there's only one right answer to this question. Um, do you do you prefer Chipotle or Kidoba? Sorry, my mom's calling. What is it? <laughs> I'll be right there. <laughs> I think Doba is the way to go. Peace out, bye. Wait, what'd you say? I think Doba, the Q Doba. Oh, man. Okay. All right. I'll see how it is. I, I personally like Chipotle better, but we could spend the whole night here talking about that. Wait, do you go? You went to Waywater. Do you go to the, to the Q Doba in Waywater? I never did, man. Man, we got to go there sometime when, when pandemic is kind of like a little bit chiller because. That was the that was the, the Qdoba that got me into Qdoba, not gonna lie. I wasn't a big fan here, I'll, man. I'll take there. you to Chipotle, man. I'll take you to Chipotle. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> I'll, I'll pay your Qdoba if you pay my Chipotle. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sounds good. Sounds good, bro. All right, everybody. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening. Yep. Thanks everybody for night. listening. Uh feel free to share this episode. You know where to find us online. Again. Thank you, Nico, for for coming out here. Peace out, y'all. Thank you, and God bless you for talking about this. I really appreciate it.